Hey, White Sox fans, Brett Ballantini here, lucky enough to host Sox Populi podcast number 155. Can you believe it? 155 podcasts devoted to the Chicago White Sox. Yes, I scratched my head about that as well. Uh, and it's only going to get a little weirder because uh, we the Crosstown series is upon us. Uh, the first series uh, is just about to get underway. And uh, we're going to take a different approach. Usually we get together with a bunch of other Southside Sox writers, uh, trash the Cubs, have some laughs. Even in the worst seasons, there's always something to laugh about, right? Well, I've given myself a challenge this time around. We have... We do have some crosstown mixed couples on staff, and we are going to be talking to one of them here and now as a preview to this season. And of course, it's our superhero of the site, Melissa Sage Bolenbach and Sean Bolenbach, who you may notice if you are watching, um, he is he's he's one of them. So we're going to be polite. We're going to have we're going to have a good, healthy, uh, fun talk. Uh, we've already remarked before we went on air. There's not a whole lot to be terribly proud about and crow about there. Imagine there may be a little bit of trash talk, but it really has to be muted in a season like this because, well, <laughs> we're not very good. So, uh, Sean, welcome. Thank you uh, uh, for being here and and joining the podcast. It's fun to have yeah, you. Thanks for having me. Okay. Um, you know, it, it, listen, it's an uncomfortable topic. We have to get to it. I really, I have to know, Sean, what happened to you? What went wrong in your upbringing that put you in a position where you are rooting for the Chicago Cubs? Please, an origin story of your uh, Cubs fandom, please. Well, I did grow up in central Illinois. So growing up in central <laughs> Illinois, sure. for the most part, even though Melissa doesn't like it when I share this story, that <laughs> central Illinois, when I was growing up, it was either you're a Cubs fan or a yeah. Cardinals fan. Sure. There wasn't too many White Sox fans, yeah. but since the Cubs were on WGN every day, yeah. I'd come home from school and turn on the game and want to watch the game. And so grew up watching Bill Buckner and Rick Russell and Dave Kingman. So yeah. I really liked those guys. And so that's basically... Uh, what I did. So I told Melissa, I don't necessarily hate the White Sox. Like, you know, she lived closer to Chicago. So she's more into that love hate thing with the Cubs White Sox, where I've kind of grown to maybe not like them with all the comments sometimes. From <laughs> Melissa and her friends, but uh, for the most part, I don't mind them. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna get into some of the some of the quirks and the and maybe the light well the the, the tolerances and the dislikes uh, about um, the other team here in a second. Um, yeah, I mean we're we're all of uh, generally speaking, I'll flatter myself of of a, a general certain age where you know we're um, watching late seventies, getting early eighties, and uh, yeah, the Cubs are Cubs are sort of omnipresent. You got to hunt for the White Sox. I grew up the first games I saw watching the White Sox. You'd have to find them on WSNS channel forty four, which I believe just a few years later just became a Spanish station, and I think is maybe still if it even exists a Spanish language station. And you know, meanwhile, White Sox are making the clever move, the crafty move to decide to charge people to watch games on television while. Uh, the you know WGN and the Superstation blows up, and your story, Sean, isn't necessarily just um, unique to the deep, deep South Side of Chicago where you grew up, uh, but you know across the country we we have fans. I mean that's why, and it 
it annoys the heck out of fans like uh, myself and I'm sure Melissa because the Cubs are just like part of the fabric because it wasn't just necessarily Chicago area kids and fans that had that constant access to the games after school as well because they're all day games uh, then. But, you know, really nationwide, too. And and it did really create this Cubs culture, which, you know, makes me break out in hives. But, you know, benefits. Uh, and, and we see the effects of it now because, you know, the Cubs are a phenomenon, a tourist destination. We can criticize that as, as Southside fans, but you also have to acknowledge <laughs> there's a one and there's a two. There's, there's reasons for it, but one of them is the Cubs were crafty enough or straightforward enough to say, hey, Watch the games. Uh, grow up as Cubs fans. And look, now I'm sitting talking to you, Sean, and you are a Cubs fan wearing a Cubs jersey in part because you came from school, watched Billy Buck, watched uh, the Russell brothers and, and all of that. Um, Melissa, we talked way back when, almost, geez, a full year ago. And I want to say everybody gave uh, Elizabeth and, and, and Marge. And Allie, and you may have given your origin stories, but especially given that despite growing up on the very, very, very far south side of Chicago, uh, Sean's right in that, um, you know, your, your, your brethren were probably few and far between. So uh, refresh me on your origin story of somehow finding your way to the White Sox. So, yeah, so I grew up in Joliet, and I, I mean, Joliet's like a very blue-collar type town, and so... Um, my, my dad, my grandpa, my stepdad, they were all Sox fans. And so I just, you know, was listening on the radio from a young age. And then once they, you know, were easy, a little easier to find with cable on television, started watching them on TV with my stepdad. And, um, but uh, like, I, I mean, I had friends at school who had like weekend season tickets for the White Sox and stuff. So they'd take me with them. So it was just, I mean, plenty of White Sox fans. And I feel like more probably so because of Joliet and being kind of blue collar type of area. Um, but it was, I, I feel like I knew more White Sox fans for sure than I did Cub fans. Um, and so when I moved to central Illinois at college and was like, where are all the Sox fans? I'm like, Cardinals, who cares about the Cardinals? Like they're not even in the state. Like I just didn't, like, I just didn't get it. I, I was just like, and then, yeah, so that was very, that was a really tough transition for me to be like, I'm in the middle of <laughs> Illinois and I either have Cub fans or Cardinals fans. Like I couldn't find anybody yeah. to associate yeah, so you were So you were a White Sox fan, despite your grandmother being a huge yes. Cubs fan and listening to the game every day in the radio. That's true. My, my grandma also lived in central Illinois. Mm -hmm. So she was a huge Cubs fan. Um, and yes, like listened every day on the radio and would watch them on TV and things like that. So mm -hmm. her and I had, yeah, we had fun going back and forth and took her to games and stuff when she was older. So that was really fun. Yeah. With any size family, uh, coming from anywhere near the Chicago area, or let's face it, the state of Illinois, um, you are going to have mixed families. There's no way around that. It's in my family, we knew to shun them. We knew to have them sit at the kids' table. You know, I mean, of course, we they knew their play. No, I mean, of course, you're gonna you're gonna have to forget. You know, and maybe in some families, it's like there's just one weirdo who who, who just goes against the grain. Um, and then some, you know, some families are like, you know, there is there is no tolerance for you know whatever the other side, whatever the other side is. Um, 
I, we got a little bit of an inkling from Sean. I'm going to come back to him on this, but I'm going to go right back to Melissa and say, I need to ask um, your general, whether it's changed maybe over the years, but your broad assessment of the other team, your thoughts, when you think about the Cubs, what is, what is your, uh, what is your feeling? Sean or me? So it has changed for sure. Mm -hmm. Like pre-World Series, it for me, it was definitely more contentious. It was mm -hmm. just like mm -hmm. the, the Cubs-Sox games, they mm -hmm. were the World Series for us, mm -hmm. right? Because neither one of us had won in, in decades and decades. And so it was like bragging rights, even though the yep. Cubs were more popular, quote unquote, I feel like that was our showdown. And so like, I was relentless. Like mm -hmm. I just, <laughs> we would go to games or we would watch games and I would yep. cuss and yeah, mm -hmm. like the whole thing. Yeah. But then I like now that they've each won a world series for me, it's, uh, it's still competitive and like, it's still fun, but mm -hmm. it's not quite as intense because it's like, mm -hmm. okay, well now in the last, you know, 20 years, at least we've both shown that we could win one. We yeah. may not win another one for 80 years, <laughs> but we each kind of have that ring now. I mean, it was a lot of fun though, from 2005 to what, 2016 when the Cubs yeah. didn't, and you could still harass yeah. your Cubs friends and be yeah. like, ah, but yeah. now it's kind of like, well, yeah. Yeah. The tables maybe have even turned too much. Yeah, Melissa, it's funny you say that because 2005, and we may have discussed this before, I've certainly said it on podcasts before, 2005 going into that, I was I wanted to win a playoff series, both because it's like I want to see it happen before I'm dead, but also what team had done that. It was like we sort of got, even if they didn't go anywhere, we would have gotten there first just by winning that one series. That's how strange the, like the, the, the band of vision was then. And so, yeah, I guess I'm going to bump it right back to you and say, all right, there was that time you we got there first. And to <laughs> me, that I, I, I mirror your experience in that it's like it did ease up. It's sort of it mattered, but it was a little bit more. Uh, it was it was a little more artificial because it's like, hey, OK, we, you know, we won. We got there. We do sort of, you know, I say we, whatever. But uh, it it felt like there was an accomplishment. There was a finish line uh, tape broken, and you know, the and and back then we could still joke about the Cubs. It'll never happen. You know, now it's like eight hundred years or whatever it is. You know, I mean, it, it almost the White Sox winning almost made that joke and that um, that drought, you know, sort of even more marked uh, as it passed a hundred years and, and all of that. Uh, so th those years between 2005 then, and the Cubs actually starting to become really competitive and then eventually winning, um, th that was sort of a sweet spot, right? But then you probably also eased up a bit in maybe say the, uh, cuss cusses per inning or, you know, I did, I did. And actually Sean and I went to, um, the NLDS, one of the games when the Cubs in 2016, and I, I did not wear any Cubs things, but, <laughs> but my attitude was kind of like, it was so awesome in 2005 to win that world series. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted that for him. And mm -hmm. I like mm -hmm. in my grandma had passed mm -hmm. um, about six years prior. And like, I just, I want, like, I, I feel like every fan who's a, you know been a true 
diehard fan in their lifetime should have that experience. So I kind of like matured a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And and it helps. I mean, I have to say, I mean, at least in my experience, it it helped that we did sort of get there. It's a little bit easier to calm down about it when it's like, okay, we, you know, we got it. And now you're like, oh, geez, will it ever happen? Will it be 200 years? Will it ever happen for them? And yeah, you might take, especially if you're married to a Cubs fan for crying out loud or your grandmother, you know, be, you know, it's like, geez, you know, I I don't want them to suffer. I mean, yeah, you do sort of want them to, at least get closer, you know, yes. get to the World Series for crying out loud. Uh, okay, Sean, you just sort of, you sort of gave us a sneak preview uh, even earlier in the podcast, but uh, your thoughts on the White Sox, your feelings, and maybe, I guess, maybe how that is, maybe how that's changed over time. Um, Maybe change just following more. For, mm-hmm. What I mean by that is uh, knowing more about them and what they're doing just from Melissa, you know, always following the game and, and going to the games. And when we would go to the uh, tailgates with your uh, Sox friends and, and different things and talk baseball, then obviously I'm going to become more knowledgeable about the White Sox and what's going on with them and talk about the team. It, it's fun to do. But, you know, when you guys were just talking just now, I just realized we, we did have two of the most losing teams in a long time out of all of major league baseball in the same city. That's pretty bad. Yeah. I mean, other than Boston, right. I mean, for like the long-term teams, I mean, all the expansion teams and stuff, but yeah, Yeah. you don't feel sorry for them yet, but yeah, we're long suffering (laughs) franchises and you just, yeah, I guess you, I gotta have a little empathy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, here's how twisted it is, Sean. And I, I, you know, listen, I'll, I'll be a man. I'll admit this. I think I've told most of the story, but I mean, one of your your standards. Be, I mean, and, and listen, uh, certain people, even before any World Series, you know, winning, there there are certain people just like, hey, you know, whatever. I like this one team, or I people even claim they like both. I don't definitely don't know, you know, what's wrong with them. But I mean, uh, I, you know, I, I think I've admitted to most of one of my favorite sports days was growing up. Uh, the first Bears game I ever saw was uh, at Soldier Field, Walter Payton breaking the all-time rushing record. And then later that day, we came home from the game. We went over to my uncle's. We watched the Cubs. It was game five. And the Cubs, you know, obviously blew, as you know, you know, they blew game five. And that that was like a good thing for me, you know, because then you're still, you're you're in this, yeah. you know, this contentious relationship with this other team. And I understand it's, it's overblown. It's silly. It's almost embarrassing to talk about now, but, and of course I was a kid, you know, so all right, I'm dumber or whatever. But I mean, then I was like, oh, wow, this is like the perfect sports day. You know, the team I don't like. Are you, you know, talking about the, the, is that the 84 playoff? Yes. Yeah. The 84 I, was, playoff. I was the same way in 84, oh, Brad. I was, was like, we lost in 83. They better not go down in 84. I was, I was sick for days. Yeah. Just like I yeah. was sick for days after 2003 also. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh, yikes. Even, even scarier. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, you know, I think I also told Melissa, you know, a part, part of it was, part of this thing, you know, I know Cubs fans, you know, they have this chip that say like, oh, you know, Sox fans are so envious or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, listen, who knows? Maybe that's true. I'm not going to lay on the couch here and be diagnosed. But, uh, you know, part of it is it is shoved down your throat. We were in school. I was in just starting high school, high school, and they're playing the game on the PA you know, like at the end of the school day, I'm like, I don't want to hear this nonsense. I understand some people are interested. It wasn't a scores update. It wasn't an update. Hey, the Cubs are because those first couple of games, um, you know, they were killing. Uh, it wasn't just a score update. It was like the broadcast of the game. It's like, I don't 
want to hear this. So you, you, you know, you put a chip and I'm not sure that a, a Cubs fan can speak to that with the White Sox, but certainly on the other end, it's like, oh man, you know, you, you, you just do sort of start to harbor some resentment because it, it is sort my, of uh, like my everywhere. Had the game on the TV in their classroom. One of my, <laughs> yeah. so I can relate to what you're but talking about. But my math teacher, so in '83, my math yeah. teacher had the magic number on her on her chalkboard. Yeah. So I mean, if there were Cubs fans in my class, I'm yeah. sure there probably were a few. Um, yeah, they had to they had to experience that too because she yeah. every you know game they won or they she would change the magic number. So. That's a good teacher. I'm surprised you're not more of a math person, given that obviously <laughs> clearly your favorite teacher ever uh, was your math teacher. Um, so, okay. Um, tolerance, I guess, is is what it what it comes down to being, especially now that both teams, I guess, have sort of broken through and really the Cubs did it. And I mean, I, I don't know. Sean, let me ask you. White Sox haven't had this experience where it's like a sustained run. Uh, even in 2006, the team wins 90 games, but don't even, doesn't even make the playoffs because of a strangely competitive division. The Cubs had a window, I want to say, five straight, four straight uh, playoff seasons. Uh, clearly, um, uh, under Theo Epstein, you know, had turned everything around, you know, got the win fairly early and was still a playoff team, even going to, I want to say, uh, NLCSs at least one other season, never getting back to the World Series. Yep. Was that, I mean, were you, were you greedy? Did you want more? Were you just happy you got the one and that anything else was going to be bonus? Or was it a little irritating that they were sort of there but never really broke through? Because, you know, you were promised a dynasty and, you you know, you, you got one by Chicago baseball terms, but not really in real terms. Is that more irritating? Because we can't, me and Melissa can't speak to that as White Sox fans. So you can't relate. Well, you, you guys kind of thought you had one, but. But, right. Yeah, but but I mean, it was kind of the same way with us, just a delayed reaction, because in 2015, when they first made the playoffs and beat the Cardinals, and they said, oh, they're a year early, mm -hmm. you saw all these young players, and we were training some because we just had too many yeah. good players, and all this potential, and they were hitting 30, 40 home runs when they came up, then they win the World Series, and you're like, all right, they're going to take off, because yeah. some of them haven't even reached their height, and in the next couple of years, it's like they all didn't really perform. And yes, we made it to the NLCS, but it felt like they were just leaking oil. Mm. And we were lucky to get there yeah. and to, to get to that point. And then we just, the guys didn't, you know, perform up to what we thought their potential was, but you thought, Hey, if 50% of them end up being star players, we're going to be a good team, but sure. we maybe had one or two guys. If that, mm. that ended up being that way. And it was just like, really, how could they, Place, and now you look at them across, you know, when they went to their other teams and they're not necessarily doing that yeah. well. Yeah. You're thinking, what happened? Where I thought the White Sox were kind of like that a couple of years ago with their young guns, but now those young guns just keep getting hurt all the time. Yeah. And they're not even making the playoffs. <laughs> you don't even get a seat at the table for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah, I think as a Sox fan at that point, especially given the Sox were sort of at a low point or quickly getting to a low point. I think I was just crossing my fingers hoping, you know, they snapped at the one time and boy, you know, Cleveland being such a weird team too, with all its weird voodoo, probably just, you know, for, for lack of a better way of saying it, they just sort of gave them that world series anyway. So I'm hoping that the inherent cubdom will come through each year and somehow they'll find a way to lose. But that was really, even I have to admit, that was a very loose thread. I was just sort of hoping, I mean, sorry, no, no offense, Sean, but I was just hoping that it wasn't going to be like, 
four World Series or something, because then I don't I don't know that we could have this podcast because the <laughs> power would be so out of whack that I'm you know yeah. I'm not you know unless I'm just you know not even looking at you and just you know afraid to even address you as a Cubs fan. I mean at least now we can sort of pretend we're still equals because ultimately. We both got the one ring, which is more than we ever thought we'd get. But, you know, we are sort of, when it comes down to it, it's still sort of equal. So, good. We can have this podcast. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's, good, it's good to meet. Um, all right. Uh, before we take a break, uh, I have one more quote. Uh, well, it's a, it's a pair of questions. And, again, it's it's it's, it's a bit of a, a crosstown thing here. Uh, I'll stick with Sean. I'm going to ask you first, uh, what is the thing you find most tolerable about the White Sox? Tolerable about the White Sox, or even maybe appealing. That that might be too strong um, a word. I would say, I don't know this. Uh, I don't want to make this kind of sound like a a negative a backhanded. Uh, <laughs> He's going to get they loud. They are loud. I would be answering this way. They're loud. Go to the games. It's not that crowded. You know, <laughs> around, but I didn't want to. That, that sounds kind of bad, doesn't it? That's a good answer, though. <laughs> you get your shot in, but it, I mean, it's it true. easier to drive in and do parking compared to, you know, oh, yeah. to get into Wrigley Field. Like right, right. I mean, regardless, yeah. even if they were crowded. So sure. I Dodging like, somebody peeing, like paying $95 to park on somebody's front. Oh, yeah, I, I don't believe it at all. Yes, there's actual parking at Sox Park. Okay, Melissa, to you, what's the easiest thing to tolerate or even that's somehow appealing about those fans? Oh gosh! Or about the team, I guess I, you know, um, are singing voices? Uh, no, like <laughs> I, I, I mean, I guess I like their uniforms. Like I, I <laughs> which ones? Really though, the new ones? The I'm cross really I do like. I think that I do think that their city connects are pretty city sharp. Connects. Yes, I do mm. think they're 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 um. they and and just their history. I think they've had mm. a. I think they've had a. They've you know they stayed pretty you know the same with the pinstripes and things i just like mm -hmm. the pinstripes um that's that's the best thing i can think of yeah and that's also its own uh backhanded compliment because you know the history is you know there's been stretches but it's been sort of parsed so yes i appreciate the history too because you know they they finished in last place and lost 100 games a lot of times too so. uh, all right so okay you both uh you both punted that pretty well uh okay so then if, uh, naturally then the the flip then and i'll stick with you melissa to bring it right back to your husband what do you hate most about the cubs or i don't know cubs fans or them well, how they all, and this just goes on to what he said, how they always rail on us about attendance. <laughs> it's so annoying. It's like, no matter what the argument, yeah. like on Twitter or whatever, you people get into it and be like, you guys yeah. don't want anybody to come to your games. It's like, yeah. well, do you realize that the people that come to Cubs games, half of them are tourists? So yeah. if you took the tourists out, yeah. you also wouldn't have yeah. people at your yeah. games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I've I've strained my eyes for years to try to see the column in the standings that indicates attendance, and it, somehow it never comes up any year. It doesn't factor into the games behind. So, uh, yeah, that's that's a that is a good one. Um, all right, you know, okay, the opening now is here for you, Sean. Uh, what is it that you uh, hate most about the the team or or the fans on the south side? You know, you guys were saying at the beginning, kind of before both teams won the World Series, it was. Every time, especially the people from Chicago and meet the Chicago type White Sox fans, 
they were just so rude and nasty right away and about, your the face Cubs. about yeah about yeah. the Cubs and they'd find out that I was a Cubs fan I was just kind of they, taken aback by that because even the Cardinals it wasn't that bad it didn't seem like but it was just like whoa this is I think yeah and I think that's from you being from central Illinois like had you grown up in Chicago you would have been used to it like it was just always that contentious mm. but like yeah when I like this was like the first version of White Sox Twitter when the White Sox website had a chat feature. And I don't even know if you were ever on it, Brett, but like this would have been like the... this was when they had the dial up. Yeah. Internet. So this would have so been like late 90s. Waiting, Ooh, just no. like in her comments. Yeah. Like 98, no. 99, like Mm-mm. right in there. And so the White Sox website, and this was before MLB had like even streamlined the websites. Mm-hmm. And so there was this chat feature. And so we all got to know each other and were nice to each other, unlike White Sox Twitter now. Mm-hmm. And we would meet up, you know, for games and tailgates and stuff like that. And yeah, they used to, that's how he got called the cubby hubby for the first time. And they used to harass him pretty well, but then you but became, fr- fun. yeah, then you fun. became friends with them and they were really yeah. nice people. So I can't believe I've blown the opportunity to use cubby hubby yet. This is ridiculous. <laughs> We're at the midpoint of the podcast and I've completely blown my opportunity. Now I now I can't use it because uh, Melissa threw the flag. Okay, we're going to take a break, uh, take a minute away on the Fans First Sports Network. They are going to try to sell you something now. I instruct uh, all of you, dear listeners, not viewers, because there's going to be no commercial for you. All you listeners, please concentrate on hard hard on what they want to sell you because i'm sure it's a quality product that you should consider very strongly so take that minute and we'll be back with more crosstown stuff with melissa sage bolenbach and sean bolenbach just a minute hey white sox fans it's me brett valentini hosting another podcast what's wrong with me i don't know it's a question for my analyst or my family whoever did this to me my father I, i i i blame my father like we often do, I blame my father for foisting this on me. We are talking in anticipation of the two-game Crosstown series. Uh, there'll be another two games uh, a month from now as well, but we have to anticipate this one. We do have a few mixed Crosstown couples uh, on staff at Southside Sox. The first that has generously and courageously stepped up to the plate for a podcast to Anticipate a Crosstown series is Melissa, Melissa Sage Wollenbach, who you know very well, covering all sorts, I think every variety of story possible on Southside Sox, uh, and does it with great expertise. And her husband, the man in the Cubs uniform, representing the North Side, representing the 800 billion Cubs fans across the world and the known universe, it is Sean Wollenbach, who is being very generous to sit down with us, though he knows he's outnumbered. We're having uh, fun chatting. Uh, again, if the power balance was a little bit more awkward right now, whether it's socks on top or Cubs on top, oh gosh, who knows? There'd be at least maybe more sweating or cussing going on, but we can all just sort of laugh because the teams are horrible. So let's begin the second half of this podcast by addressing this season. The Cubs are a better team than the White Sox. You know, record-wise, I think I don't think there's any argument they are a better team. They find themselves roughly as far out of first place as the White Sox because even the NL Central is actually a quality or quality enough division uh, to make the AL Central look like uh, AAA or AA. So essentially both teams are hopeless. I think the Cubs have cause to think that there, there may be a run in them because they've had a better season than the White Sox. But I'm curious 
Uh, even though Melissa has had to repeat this ad nauseum on every podcast from, oh, I don't know, February onward about how disappointing the White Sox have been. Um, just assessments from both of you just about how the seasons have gone for your teams or what you're seeing in terms of uh, pain or maybe in, in Sean's case, Melissa, um, some some pleasant surprise perhaps from your husband uh, in regarding the team. I know there were some high hopes for the Cubs coming in and seems like they're playing about what might have been expected as opposed to the White Sox completely bottoming, bottoming out. But uh, both of your assessments on uh, – just how this 2023 season has gone now that we're getting close to two thirds through. Go ahead. I'm a little disappointed. I think they should be better personally. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, watching the beginning of the year, you know, you had new people, like you said, you didn't know how well they were going to do, mm-hmm. but it seemed like they had some pretty good players, but they're just, to me, they're just not playing up to their expectations. Maybe part of that is maybe they, some of those players just aren't that good is what mm-hmm. I'm realizing now or, Coming to the conclusion mm. with, but, <laughs> we understand that yeah. maybe they were overhyped but, or yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they were overhyped. Maybe it was just me personally thinking that they were doing better just watching them play at the beginning. It's like, oh, they're actually playing yeah. as a team. Where last yeah. year we didn't have a hope because we had no starting pitching, so the game was lost every time before the game started. Whereas now I thought, oh, we have a lot of pitchers, but then our great signing. Italian has really done nothing and he's been an automatic mm-hmm. loss every time. And so you just can't win that way. And then some of our other guys have gone in slumps more than I thought. So, yeah. and then I'll, all I hear on the news now lately is which players uh, the other teams are going to pick up from the Cubs. So apparently everybody thinks that the Cubs yeah. are sellers, not buyers now. So, yeah. yeah, as White Sox fans, we say, geez, why can't we play the market? Why can't we, uh, why can't we go out and get talent? And, you know, it's not always a guarantee that you're going to improve. Clearly players acquired, uh, the, the Cubs being active uh, wasn't a bad thing. Um, certainly, um, you know, getting, getting Stroman on the team. I mean, there, there are guys who have, worked out for the Cubs. It's nice to just see. I mean, you, you get to shop in the catalog and and and, and we don't, Sean. So I mean, we're, we're envious whether it works out well or not. I mean, when you can't even walk into the store, it's it's sort of a drag because you got no chance to get any better because certainly, uh, Melissa, you can speak to this. Uh, the in-house candidates have not really come through very well for the White Sox. You, it seems, Melissa, you've come to terms for a while now with the inherent disappointment of this season. So at this point, you're somewhat numb as you're typing up stories or, or watching games because they're not really luring you back at any right. juncture right now, right? Yeah, like, the yeah, the, the hope is gone. And so now at this point, I'm just trying, when we get a good game, I'm trying to enjoy it. <laughs> but it's really hard when it doesn't mean anything. You're like, or or you see it all clicking and you're like, why Why can it just click for two games against Atlanta and then you go to play the Mets and you can't you can't do what you just did against the best team in baseball? like it it's it's maddening. It makes me crazy. and but I'm hopeless. like I know it's going nowhere. so it's just this weird to, to show you an example of this is this afternoon <laughs> I'm working and I walk out and she's watching the game. And I said, oh, are the White Sox losing? She goes, no, they're winning. And I look, and they're winning 5 <laughs> nothing. And I'm like, you you just had this look like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? They're winning. <laughs> it's like, yeah, woo, they're winning. So that they'll hopefully end up with 65 wins at the end of yeah. the season. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, 
oh, like I had a friend who was like, oh yeah, maybe we can go to the game in like the end of August or whatever. And I'm like, put a pin in it because I may yeah. not be interested in going anywhere yeah. near the team by the end of August. Yeah. I'd just be like, okay, I need to think about next year because yeah. I can't anymore. Yeah. Yeah. You got to find another sport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's been frustrating. And, 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 and here, and, and what's, and what's frustrating too. And you know, this Sean, this speaks to you because the centrals are, are the bad division. Clearly the AL central is even worse. So it's even more maddening that, that a team that could really end up at 500 or right near it is going to win this division. So it just makes it more tantalizing. The White Sox are not competent enough to even play with 500 to get close to at least be in the mix, say into the last two weeks of the season. And, you know, the Cubs, obviously the, 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 the bars raised to degree. Cause you know what the, the Brewers or Reds are maybe like 10 over or something, but I mean, it's, it's, it's nothing world beating. So it's gotta be a little bit tantalizing too. Cause it's like, well, wait, you know, how, you know, we're five games better and, and we're, we're, we're in it. At least the Cubs maybe have a realistic expectation, expectation to put a little bit together to get in that mix. I can, I can see if you would admit that you were not hopeless, it would make some sense. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the hope does have to be fading because the team has sort of, uh, you know, there, there's a little malaise with those guys too. Nothing like on the South side. So, I mean, you got to feel a little bit better than that because <laughs> it could always be worse. You just got to, you know, you just got to look over at your wife to realize how much worse it could be. But yeah, I can understand why you're still a little gutted. Like, hold on, we were promised a little bit better quicker. They went out and spent, you know, and stuff like that. So it's got to be a little frustrating. But I'm kind of surprised that they're already talking about selling the pieces because I yeah. thought they were kind of like building. So it's yeah. like, okay, well, this, this year isn't working out. So that's okay. So instead of just like more of like a retooling and like, don't like go ahead and re-sign Stroman and, you know, maybe try to hang on to Bellinger and then fill mm -hmm. in some other holes in the off season. So you get better, but if they like sell off those pieces, then they're going to have to replace those pieces plus get more pieces. So to me, it's kind of, yeah. I'm confused for well, the Cubs. <laughs> well, they did lock in Swanson, Hap, hmm. and uh, who am I forgetting? Another guy. Oh, Horner. So they kind of locked in those guys. And Bellinger would only take a one-year deal because he knows he's he better and the... he's going to play mm -hmm. well and he's going to get a lot of money. But Stroman, he, I mean, he did want to yeah. stay in Chicago. Just like the Cubs management has said, he has another year on his contract. He has the option to be a free agent <laughs> or to stay with the Cubs. So if he wants to play for the Cubs, he can play. Uh, uh, it's a good way to punt. Way to go, Cubs. Uh, okay, listen, I do not mean to be acting like an exchange student, but listen, the truth is I do not run into Cubs fans in the wild very often. So I'm going to have to hit you up with this question, Sean. I'm curious because this is a very, this is like a consummate White Sox move. So I'm, I'm curious about what you felt at the time of the hire and how you feel right now about the fact that David Ross is the manager of the Cubs. It seems very, very soxy. So I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts were then and if it's changed to now, if you're still impressed with him or maybe never were with him as manager. Well, he was a popular player. So when he was hired, it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll see, you know, because everybody's like, oh, he'd be a good manager. But you know how those sometimes don't work out. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this year, some of his moves have been kind of interesting with the pitchers and when he takes them out and then the order at least lately of our hottest hitters it's like why is he leaving him in the fifth and sixth spot when mm -hmm. bellinger was red hot and then mm -hmm. now he's finally moved him up a little bit but that's after 17 games when he was on tear <laughs> and i think somebody did a calculation said if bellinger would have been moved up he would have had this many more rbis mm -hmm. and the Cubs would have had this many more runs but mm -hmm. 
you know, some of that second guessing, but I don't know. The clubhouse keeps saying how they all support each other and it's a great atmosphere and it's all going great. And then part of me thinking, well, maybe that's not a good thing because we're not winning a lot of games. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, really. Yeah, maybe, maybe there should be a couple of fist fights. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I always, I always wonder about those guys who, and again, I do not watch the Cubs closely enough to know whether he's like, you know, good X's and O's or whatever, but uh, those guys will get really hot all the time and they're just constantly barking and they're getting, and I don't know if he is, I, I do know he gets hot sometimes. I I don't know if he's like what guy who gets you know, if, he, if he leads in ejections in the majors or not. But I always I always look sideways at those guys who seem to get like really hot, but then maybe don't actually, you know, don't maybe actually manage well, because that seems like maybe that's a little bit just for show. So I could I can imagine that maybe just the fact that he's had a few years, even though it's, I guess, been sort of a rebuilding time that he's been the manager, uh, that maybe there isn't the progress you necessarily want to see, whether it's in the one loss record or even in his his day-to-day managing because you know you do want to see some breakthrough like oh we got a guy who's going to outmanage the other guy that's all you ever want in a manager and you know both teams have had that before uh and both teams haven't had it before so you know it's it, it can be frustrating when it's like all right well why is this guy here for three four five six years uh another one of those nepotism hires um <laughs> All right. Uh, I am going to start winding this down. This is a feature that I did not um, uh, f- preview or forecast to my uh, guests. We are going to shift into game show mode. We are going to play uh, a little bit of Crosstown Newlywed game. We don't really have the cards to hold up. So, I mean, this is going to just be, I guess, uh, on your honor. Uh, but I have three questions I want to see if you can answer correctly right everybody knows how that game goes right answer what your spouse would answer will answer so sean i'm going to start with you about melissa i need to know what her go-to concession food is at the ball game i'll have to go with the veggie dog that is correct all right very good okay uh same question melissa can you uh, keep pace with your husband a brat probably yeah all right, all right. probably counts so, all right one point you always be like oh no, i no. gotta get a brat no it, it is i i say probably because that that is the most consistent because when we visit new stadiums melissa always finds out well what's a unique food there and if it has something to do with meat then she's always having me be the taste sample <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do try to sample whatever they're supposed to be known for. So yes, but in if if we go, but in general, yes, yeah, so if you go to a Cubs game or go to a soccer okay. game, you would get a broad. Yes. The judge judges are allowing it. We're going to pause the game for a second because I do need uh, you mentioning other stadiums. I need to get a report. This has nothing to do with Crosstown. It has nothing to do with. Uh, the newlywed game. It has nothing to do with me, your delightful host, Brett Valentini. It has to do with the Atlanta, whatever that gets called, in Cobb County Stadium. I got the sense from Melissa, she was a little disappointed in that ballpark, but uh, you, both of your overall assessments of the latest park you have visited just this past weekend. Yeah, to me, so it's truest field. Truest field. Um, <laughs> And so we were, yeah, we're driving in to uh, on Thursday when we came into the city and we're driving in and I see this huge stadium and I'm like, oh, that must be it. And Sean's like, no, I don't think that's it. And then we see it says Georgia State University. Wow. And I was like, wow. I was like, that is a really big stadium for a college team that I've never heard of. Yeah. And then later we found out from a couple that we met on our food tour that we went on. They're like, yeah, um, the city just kind of gave it to Georgia State when they decided they were going to build this new stadium. And so 
I was like, wow, that must be nice. Um, Yeah, it was not um, for a stadium that was built in 2017. For me, it was absolutely nothing spectacular. Mm -hmm. Like being that new, I would have expected them to take all the cool parts of all the newer ballparks Mm -hmm. and make some really neat thing. But it was the sight lines weren't good. Um, Like they didn't have really any unique types of food that really stood out. And um, like they didn't have like big stores or anything like there's huge lines for all the, like the little stores that they had. So it gets up thumbs down, probably the low five out of the 21 I've been to. It's like in the bottom five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they missed an opportunity. They could have taken all of that extra foam that the people bring into the ballpark and waved in the ballpark. They could have used that as a nice uh, below ground filter. It would have helped uh, drain water for those very rainy, rainy attack. Uh, Atlanta, they could have taken all of those tomahawks and laid them <laughs> at, in the bed of the field. A really missed opportunity there, Atlanta. Uh, you didn't you didn't listen to any of the other human beings outside of your ballpark uh, in terms of building that thing in Cobb County while you still had at least one or two other ballparks. I'm so old, guys. I saw two parks away. Yeah, give me your assessment, please, now, Sean. Well, it's almost like they, they didn't have enough space, and they kind of shoved it in. So the park doesn't hold as many people as I would say a normal stadium. It's one of the smaller ballparks. And so since they didn't have enough space and they had to put it in, then you got the uh, big screen in the outfield, the video board, and then that's kind of pushed in a little bit also. And so you can't really see the video board from a lot more areas than I would say at a regular Mm -hmm. ballpark. Mm -hmm. So that's some of the negatives by putting it in the area. And I guess they just really wanted this big push for the new ballpark to have it in a better part of town, easier access. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you're losing some space. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, I saw Fulton County stadium. That's how <laughs> old I am. And I saw that as like after graduating college and that's how ridiculous the situation is where you have three ballparks in the space of, you know, some of our lifetimes, uh, for crying out loud. It, I find it ironic. And, you know, again, this is going to be underhanded uh, to get the Cubs. Sorry, Sean, you're on a white Sox that's podcast, fine. but, um, you know, it's funny, uh, when, um, Comiskey 2 was built. One of the criticisms was, boy, it's like a shopping mall. And it's just funny now that, you know, uh, Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville, uh, probably for good reason, given the fact that you don't just want it to be a vomit trough. I mean, you do. I mean, it has certainly gotten uh, family friendlier. I mean, there's a whole there is a really mollification of that ballpark. Again, I haven't been to see it all close and personal, but it seems pretty clear that it's more user friendly. There's a little bit more convenience. There's maybe a little more fan friendliness, uh, which you could argue is a really good move. It's just ironic that that was a criticism of Sox Park. And now Talking about a park that's maybe not even big enough. I mean, here's the thing, Sean. You have to fit the ballpark into the mall. So, I mean, if the mall just didn't allow for much room for, for you know, enough seats, hey, sorry, you're just not going to get all the seats you want. Because as far as I understand, it is quite a complex there with, like, nightclubs and restaurants and stuff, too, and shuttle buses. So uh, maybe the ballpark wasn't the top priority for Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> they're getting so used to building them because they'll just figure, you know, another 10, 20 years. Just right. Yeah. In 20 years, they'll do it all over again. Find another spot and give this one to another university and move on. I like some of the atmosphere there, though, but Melissa didn't enjoy it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Maybe it's because they were losing. So they were doing more of those things, I guess. Uh-huh. Yes. They were winning, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> spirited they are. They sure are spirited. Okay. Welcome back to the newlywed game. We are here for round two. 
And uh, boy, the questions get harder. Well, no, I, they don't. I just randomly wrote them down. But uh, okay, Melissa will start this time. Wait, did Melissa start the first time? No, Melissa will start this time. The challenge is on. I need to know who Sean's favorite all-time Cubs player is. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask that. I, 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 I don't know if I'm right, but I have to. Mm-hmm. It has to be Ryan Sandberg. It has to be. Yep. Okay. Oh, nice. <laughs> Comes through. <laughs> All right, you got to keep that right. was little. It was Bill Buckner, but then, but yeah, how? I mean, Bill Buckner. How can you, Ryan? Sandberg, but then it changed to Ryan Sandberg. Yeah, yeah. That, that is perfectly logical. Okay, pressure is on, Sean, because now you need to tell me who the all-time favorite. And I think this would be. I think I know this one by heart. So I'm, I'm hoping you do. Uh, favorite all-time White Sox player of your wife's. Um, would it have to be Carlton Fisk? Oh, he comes through. He comes through in the clutch. Yeah, though, you know, after he got drunk in a cornfield, it kind of went down a little bit, but but still, he still is. Like, I'm still attached to that childhood part of me. If you you liked him barking at Deion Sanders, then you're just going to have to accept him driving drunk into a cornfield. It's sort of somehow related. It's just a grumpy guy, right? So... (laughs) All right, Carlton, we sort of love you, even though he went in as a Red Sox player. Okay, the killer round. So far, you know, I'm predicting perhaps perfect scores, although this one, I believe, is the most esoteric. So this might be a challenge. And I am going to give perhaps the advantage to, I don't know who going first would give the advantage. So I'm going to stick with Melissa going first. I need you to tell me whether or not, if your husband could not, how do I phrase this? Um, this might not come out right. So so this man in a tie. But <laughs> if given the choice between having to root for the other team, meaning your husband has to root for the White Sox, or he can't be a baseball fan, he can't follow baseball, will he choose to still be a baseball fan or to convert to a White Sox fan? Oh, I think he would convert to a White Sox fan. So it's baseball versus the crosstown team. That's a tough question. <laughs> I guess I guess I would convert. <laughs> we'll round it up. Only, we'll call that only, if they, only if the White Sox will change their general manager in their management, then, <laughs> then, then I'd feel a lot we better. We all more. feel yes, that. Yes, we're behind you there, Sean. So yes, you have our vote. Uh, okay, so I need to know. This might be a trickier question. It might be more of a might be more of a fifty fifty for Melissa. But uh, Sean, <laughs> would Melissa cross over to be a Cubs fan, or would she just find another sport, or otherwise not follow baseball? She'd probably not follow baseball. <laughs> That's correct. Ah, very good. <laughs> wow. Correct. That's correct. Congratulations. Actually, yeah, yeah, I had I gave him the little empathy to win the World Series, but uh, and that's yeah, that's I over guess, now. The, yeah. the, the tentacles of childhood are just too. Sure. They're too deep. Did you sure. did you explain to Brett about our basement yet or no? Oh, how like it's all White Sox, and then Sean has a Cubs corner. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like a corner <laughs> yeah she has the whole wall and then and i just that got this wall, little spot. and that wall and then i've got my stuff up here and then yeah, <laughs> now this is a this is a question as we celebrate the dual victory and of course we'll be we sent we'll be even though you live in the same home we will both be sending you home with copies of the home game uh, but I need to know, I was going to ask this um, earlier. I mean, I think I pretty much well know where 
uh, Sage's allegiances lie. Uh, how has the family dynamic been in terms of the, the children rooting? Uh, are both uh, uh, big baseball fans or was there ever any power struggle to see, you know, which team would win their hearts? Well, yeah. So say, so Sage, I will give, he's such a good kid, Brett. Like he's the sweetest kid ever. So he does watch that. Like he, he will tune in to see what the Cubs are doing. Um, it, he says it's his second team, but, but I, I said, okay, like, come on, let's be real. He's like, you know, you don't want to So, <laughs> so he does follow the Sox more now. And I, I would say though, he is generally interested in the Cubs. So he didn't, he'll just, he'll watch him on his own even sometimes, but growing up, you have to realize Brett that uh, when he was a baby, it was all white sock stuff, white sock sheets, everything in his bedroom, white socks outfits, white mm-hmm. socks hat. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And that neither, so and they ne- didn't really have a choice. Yeah. yeah and, no choice. And, and our daughter, she just, I mean, she, she would say she's a white socks fan. She doesn't really care, but neither one of them have ever been to Wrigley Field. Oh. And they've both grown up going to white socks games and they've never been. Now, Sage does want to go this year. Sean's mom is also a Cubs fan. So the three of them are going to, try to hit up a game this year but he just has finally just gotten into sports um like took forever but he finally like in the last couple years and now he's all in the blackhawks and Mm -hmm. yeah our kids would just go to the games and eat the food oh yeah no sure sure well i will admit i will admit that before being on the beat where work required me to be at wrigley field i will say that before taking that job where I had to travel to Wrigley Field to cover the White Sox at Wrigley Field. I had been to as many baseball games at Wrigley Field as I had been to soccer games at Wrigley Field and hockey games at Wrigley Field. So (laughs) I can empathize with the fact that both of your children have yet to traverse and to, you know, visit the urinal troughs or you know what are the ivy i mean listen I, and i and i've said this. the rite of passage the urinal yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't yeah haven't seen the world if you haven't peed in the trough at wrigley field <laughs> and i have said and, and people on our site um disagree and push back on me among the classic parks uh i'll throw yankee stadium in there as, as well fair to count comiskey park original comiskey park uh fenway Wrigley. I certainly do prefer Wrigley to Fenway Park. I preferred it to Yankee Stadium. I don't prefer it to Comiskey Park, but uh, it is a solid park. I mean, it's it's very intimate. I mean, I'm not speaking, again, exception, complete exception here, Sean. I'm not speaking about the fans in the park, but certainly the park itself, um, you know, in addition to the fact that it's a, you know, national treasure or whatever, whatever you want to call it, even though now it's got video boards and all that stuff that, you know, was never supposed to have. Um, just sight lines uh, wise, feeling like, you know, maybe you're not going to get in the middle of a brawl like at, you know, you might at Fenway. Uh, I, I certainly always championed it, um, you know, among those uh, older parks, which I think is a fair comparison, at least directly now to Fenway. And I, I certainly prefer it to Fenway. Um, so, you know, I mean, I can poke fun at it and be proud that I've only seen like one game as a fan there, but uh, it just worked out that way, you know. Soccer, hey, you know, I'm not a soccer fan, but you know, your 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 school's <laughs> going to go to a soccer game. Concerts. Oh yeah, I've been to a concert. Yeah, yeah sure. you were at a yeah. concert there. Oh, see, so yeah, yeah, 
you 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 broke your own rules by walking into Wrigley. How many how many games have you seen at? I mean, obviously you're going. I suppose at least sometimes with your husband. But have you have you been to a pretty fair amount at Wrigley? I at the last Cubs game I've been to was when we went in 2016 to that playoff game. But we we used to go to a lot of the crosstown games um, pre World Series for both yeah. teams when we were younger too and could deal with it. And then we yeah. vowed to never go again. And now we're taking Sage next week, so that <laughs> be fun. Um, we're sitting with the CHGO guys up in the 500 level. Sage has never sat in the 500 level. Ooh, you know, he's so spoiled that he's never had to climb the Mm -hmm. the into the rafters so it, it next week will be will be really interesting well, but well you've been to three cubs games at wrigley field that's how many crosstown games we've been to yeah okay. well no two crosstown and then we went to the divisional game okay and then i went to one when i was in college before i met you okay. so yeah well you can make sage extra envious when you tell him that the front row of the current upper deck at Sox park even after renovations is farther away than the last row of the upper deck at Comiskey Park. So I'm sorry he was, in this sense, born too late. He did not get to enjoy the majesty that was Comiskey Park, the best ballpark ever built, the baseball palace of the world. But hey, nothing he can do about that now. So hey, enjoy the 500 section and he, he can have the experience of, oh my gosh, it's so steep. By the way, Old Yankee <laughs> Stadium, originally Yankee Stadium was even steeper. Plus it was also like 800 years old and rickety. I'm guessing they weren't keeping totally up to standards there either. That was a more frightening experience to me with columns still getting in your way than New Comiskey ever was. But not like I relish going back up. Aside from maybe fireworks or the flying Elvi, I don't see any reason necessarily, or I guess the Chicago guys, hey, shout out Chicago, uh, to go up to the 500 level. But hey, it'll, it'll be fun. And the good news is you're far away from the action. So based <laughs> on what you're probably going to see, maybe safe. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, eyes getting burned. They so they those games get so rowdy. Like they people do. are so. That's why we stopped going. We were like, yeah. these people are nuts. Yeah. But then, yeah, Sage was like, all right, he wants to go to one. We'll go. If you recall, it was novel to have a night game. They like basically never did night games for hours right. the first twenty years because it's like we know people will murder each other. Maybe yeah. not literally, but yes, there's going to be yeah. brawls. People are going to film it. It's going to look ugly for whatever the home, you know, whoever the home park is and the fans. So it's it's like novel that there are ever even night games now. And they still do them rarely on the weekends. I mean, I think this right. year they're both not weekend games. So. And they only do two. Is that part of it too? Like they play three against the Mets. They play three against the Braves. They only play two against the Cubs. Yeah, that but they, yeah, they still give us that extra one because of that classic rivalry that, that a lot of fans just say, we don't care about anymore. And I'll admit, you know, it's probably some of the strongest one. Oh, so we get two in each stadium. Okay. Yeah, so it's still it. one extra, you know. All right. But, okay. Yeah. I know you want more opportunities to be way up in the 500 section watching the Cubs and Sox play baseball on the field. So, all right. Well, that's something to look forward to. Uh, I'll look forward to getting the report from that game. Hey, both of you, Sean, Melissa, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you for doing this. Now, um, Jackie and Wes Crestle know what is in store for them if they indeed decide to toe the line and take on as our second pair of couples, see if they can match your perfect scores on the well, now they can practice. Now they know that now they know the question. Yeah, now they know the question. You're gonna have, questions. 
You're going to have to All get right. new questions. That's Revolve not fair. music. They're rock and roll. music. Fair. Yeah, no, that isn't fair. I'll, I'll come up with different questions. Or, hey, guys, don't stop watching. Uh, rewind. Don't, don't watch. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for doing this. This is novel. We've never done this before. So I appreciate it again, um, Sean. Uh, courageous. You came with an open heart and a friendly spirit to uh, speak with two White Sox fans. And hopefully we, we treated you uh, uh, gently. And uh, thanks. You know, we, we learned some stuff. And uh, yeah, so I don't know, a month from now, I don't know, it'll be podcast, you know, 185 or whatever it's going to be. Uh, we'll do another one of these uh, pre-Crosstown whatevers uh, if the Crestals decide to step up the plate or else who knows, we'll drag Dante Jones and his very strange, I got to know what happened to his father because uh, <laughs> that skipped a generation and there's definitely got an explanation. Don't want to put him under the really, really hot lamp, but I'm going to have to figure out what is going on with uh Papa Jones there. But yeah, we will uh, probably do, hey, maybe we'll do these forever. There's a lot of mixed families out there. So thank you for uh, uh, offering yourselves up as our debut Crosstown mixed couple family. It's been a lot of fun and uh, appreciate it. I guess we'll do it again sometime. Who knows? Maybe, Sean, you are invited when we do our Field of Dreams podcast. That's coming up pretty soon. I know, yeah. you know, you found your way into the cornfields there, not in the way Carlton Fisk did. So, you know, uh, and maybe you can join us for that too. Otherwise, hope to see you around at, at some point uh, at the ballpark or at a, at a podcast. And uh, Melissa, yeah, well, we'll be... We'll be talking in five minutes or whatever. Okay. Hey, thanks everybody for listening, watching, whatever it is you're doing. Uh, we'll have uh, more of these. Uh, enjoy the Crosstown pairing. Uh, hopefully the White Sox will uh, embarrass the Cubs for two. Sorry, Sean. And, uh, you know, we can feel good about ourselves for five Today. or ten minutes. Yeah. And, uh, okay, and uh, maybe uh, next time around will be the Crestles or the Joneses or who knows. Maybe we'll just punt because we lost by 20 collective runs of the Cubs, and we're just going to pretend the second series won't be played. Anyhow, we'll do something for you, and I guarantee you we're going to have a podcast sooner than you are ready for it. So until then, okay. thank you for